What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. Hey, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Coming off this long holiday stretch. Long holidays, indeed. Hopefully, you uh, you guys enjoyed the time with your family, the time off work out there. Uh, but it's time to get back to, to real life for you, okay? Real life. And so... In the NBA, apparently life does not stop for the holidays. We had a nice little stretch of games over the over the holiday season or holiday break, whatever you want to call it. James Harden dropped 60 points in three quarters. Hadn't been done since Kobe Bryant did it in 2005, 2006. Um, that's impressive, man. Yeah, man, what he does is impressive, but I still have to put an asterisk by everything James Harden does just for the simple fact you can't touch him. Yeah. Can you imagine any other superstar – like Kobe Bryant scoring machines like that you just can't touch. You can't touch this dude at all. I just think about like if you put Kobe in those same situations with him in the post and you couldn't really push him, bump him, do the Rajah Bell or any of those tough guys they used to put on and bump him in his back. Like could you have stopped Kobe? How many points did Kobe have scored or Jordan has scored? So I just think this, all the scoring is kind of like the scoring when George Gervin was hitting 65 before halftime to me. Comes with a little asterisk, man. They return it back to the ABA days. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, man. They reverting back. They just want as many points as possible, man. You can't. I, t- you can't do nothing. I will say Harden is probably my least favorite superstar to watch. Man, uh, like you said, it's the fouls, the you know what I mean, like all of it. The the hook in the arms, just everything that he does, just irritates the shit out of me. Like I, I do not like ro- watching Rockets games mostly because I don't want to sit and watch James Harden dribble there out of the damn ball. And then take us, you know what I mean? It's just not a fun, like, I, I, he's impressive, but he is not enjoyable to watch. And it's been like yeah. that way with Houston for a while. I think it, it, I think it's really just the flop. And it's the same way why I used to hate watching the Clippers, no matter how good they were when they had Chris Paul and Blake, Blake Griffin. Man, I don't want to see all that flopping, complaining to the refs, every other, um, you know, it's just, it's, it gets annoying. With James Harden, it's like frustrating because I'm not like a true Houston Rockets fan. Right, but now, like anytime you breathe on James Harden, that's what I like about the pay- playoffs. And I've always said, I think that's the toughest transition for James Harden because he doesn't get all those calls. And it's like a boxer: if I'm throwing punches and I'm connecting, it kind of energizes me. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I start throwing those same punches and I miss, it's gonna poop me out. And that's what happens in the playoffs. He get in the playoffs in the tough games, and they stop calling those fouls, and he's less effective. When people start actually can bump him, block his shot, can touch him, get physical with him, he's not as effective in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I don't like watching them at all. Now, do you have a favorite league pass team right now? Well, it's my favorite team, but it's probably because I play fantasy basketball and I got like 40s motherfuckers on my team. But I actually enjoy watching the Orlando Magic, man. I watch like all the Orlando Magic game and all the Charlotte Hornets games. I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I just like their style of play. Like, I love how the Hornets play. And, oh, Phoenix Suns. The magic I can get behind, but to put yourself through watching Hornets games? Man, they 8-13, man. They be in every game. They're exciting to watch, man. You got Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges. 
I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, it's fun. It's fast paced. You got Marvin Williams still out there dropping 25 on these young punks. You know what I mean? <laughs> they try to bench him every year. You can't keep Marvin Williams down, man. Every year they try to set him on the bench, then they bring him back in, man. Can you really call Marvin Williams a bust? That's a good question. Shit, he's been in the league for 10 years. Longer than 10, ain't it? Yeah. Ain't it? There's, if, you, <laughs> if you've been in the league that long, you are not a bust. You are just not. You, you may not have lived up to the hype, but certainly not a bust. Man, he's an adorable player. I mean, I think that's what you look for in a draft, a yeah. player that can contribute to your team positively for like 10 to 15 years. Yeah. If you get that no matter what pick, everybody can't be Jordan. But, I mean, if you get a strong contributor to your team, because you can always get a um, Michael Kidd Gilchrist on your team where you just pay yeah, for no reason. Yeah, that's another one they drop the ball on. You know, <laughs> I mean, Charlotte doesn't exactly have the best track record when it comes to drafting. Um, I got a question for you. I I will say, my favorite league pass team right now, besides the Memphis Grizzlies, mm. the Dallas Mavericks. Man, I just I truly enjoy watching Luka Doncic play. Um, he averaged thirty five, ten and ten for the month month of November. I mean, you're talking about all time great status with yeah. those numbers. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this dude is an all time. I'm saying he has the potential to be. And all an all time great. What what he is doing is is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, the kid's super talented, man. I take nothing from him, man. He's really putting the Mavs on on um on his back and carrying them. Even though even if KP's not playing, you know, excuse me, to the level that you think KP should be playing at, it still makes the game a whole lot easier than it was for him last year. And you're seeing that. But one, the game speed is slowing down. He understands it. But now you actually have a legitimate number two weapon where if he's on or off, you have to pay attention to him. So you have to always keep eyes, which opens the lane up for a person like Luka. Now, instead of them just crowding the paint and making them take those shots, he gets to the basket with ease with KP out there. And people know KP can hit that shot, so you can't really keep no center under the rim. But I like... I like everything about that Rick Carlisle team. I think this is the type of team that won them a championship. They had all those role players that nobody respected, nobody cared cared about, but they're just super deep in players that just come in and do their job. You know what I mean? This is like we used to respect about the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're on that level, but no, I, I mean. No, no, I'm not saying they're I'm I, just saying no, I get what the you mean. role players that they got, No, everybody just comes in and they do one or two specific things, and they're okay with it every night. But to, to watch him go against James Harden over the weekend and then last night go against LeBron and the Lakers, I mean, the dude is spectacular, man. And he's putting up he's, numbers. He's efficient. For most nights, he's efficient. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He, he's you see a, that meme of him uh, crossing over LeBron saying that's his AI moment? <laughs> yeah, that was – I mean, if you think about it, it kind of is, right? Kind of announcing yourself like I'm here. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I, so I, anytime the Mavericks are on, I'm usually clicking over um, to watch them play. Um, some teams that are not doing so hot right now, the Utah Jazz, man. They The Utah Jazz are a mess, and, you know, you, you knew it was going to take some time for them to acclimate getting Mike Conley, getting Bogdanovich, getting, uh, you know, a bunch of new players in there. But, you know, we're we're a quarter of the a quarter through the season now. We're 20 games in, and Utah looks like they're a mess. They just got their asses handed to them by Philadelphia, who also has been very up and down. Um, when uh, they want to, they've season. been dominant, though. When they want to. But you know what? If you're Philadelphia, you should always want to. You ain't want shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? What are you doing taking nights off? 
so, a bunch of injury prone players though. So you kind of I mean, get take it. it easy, rest, coast a little bit. If you're but, Philly, you should be you should be cakewalking through the playoffs right or through the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, yeah, and they're just not. They they have not you, been impressive at all. I, I mean, well, we'll get to them. But as far as you know, what's going on with who'd you just who'd you say Utah? Uh, the Utah, Utah, Mike Conley, man. Mike Conley doesn't look comfortable. I don't know what's going on with the system. I don't know if it's the fact that he's having to share the ball more than he's used to with another dominant guard like Donovan Mitchell. But it seems like Donovan Mitchell has found his his game, but I don't think that's the best game for the team. Like they've always had some somebody there to kind of like Rubio, kind of calm down, reorganize the offense, get everybody in place. I don't think that Mike Conley's doing a good job. I think with him trying to force and find his his shot, his scoring, then Donovan Mitchell trying to force find his, their scoring, I think there's a some kind of disconnect because Rudy Gobert doesn't even seem like he's a part of the team. Like right. In other years, you've seen Rudy Gobert be more of a contributor. They're missing um, Derek Favors. They don't have anybody in the interior that plays any defense or can, you know, stand up to some of these big power forwards. And, and Davis Royce. missed most of the season with a broken leg. Not that and that matters him. a ton, but. But you're starting Bogdanovich and Royce O'Neal, you know what I'm saying, down low. And then you're swapping that out with, you know, Joe Ingles and I don't even know who else. But it, they just don't have, oh, Jeff Green. Jeff they're Green. playing so small, but they're not actually efficient. So they're not stopping anybody. Then their offense is bogged down because nobody can consistently hit a jumper except for Bogdanovich. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to figure out what the hell is going on with Utah. But if you're a Utah Jazz fan for some reason. Um, it's... Now, are you totally out on them or you just think they're trying to find themselves? No, I'm, I'm not, not out, out on them. them. If, if this were February and they were limping into the All-Star break, then maybe. But, man, it's a long season. Like I said, we're a quarter of the way through. But the one thing I will say about this team is that it's a it's a veteran laden team. Mike Conley's been in the league twelve years. You know Mitchell. I think this is his fourth year in the league. Third. Fifth. Third. Is it his fifth? I think it's it's fourth. Fifth. Fourth year in the league. I, fourth, I think. Fourth sounds better. And then you've got um, you know the rest of those guys have been around a long time. So I think they'll get together. Quinn Snyder's a good coach, um, and they'll figure it out as they get healthy. Um, but, I feel like if you go look back, Utah traditionally has started slow. Like even when they had Rubio and who was the point guard before then, but they they've traditionally kind of started out slow. Everything after Gordon Hayward, I would say. Who was their point guard before Rubio? I don't know. I was trying to think. I can't remember. I feel yeah. like it was like Corey Joseph or something. Yeah, no, he's in San Antonio. It don't matter. There's no reason <laughs> to know that. Uh, <laughs> but flip back over to the East for a second. I remember telling you before the season started, and you guys can go back, I'm on record. I thought that this was going to be the perfect Boston team for Brad Stevens to coach. Um, unselfish. Um, nobody cares about their individual stats. Jalen Brown has made the leap. Jason Tatum is having a re- – he's playing like an all-star. Um, still needs to be a little more consistent, him and Brown both. But Marcus Smart is the glue of that team. Um, they did – I mean – and once Gordon Hayward comes back, who was playing very well before he got hurt and broke his hand, um, Boston's going to be a problem. I don't know that they are going to be, you know, title contenders, but they are going to be a problem in the East. Yeah, I made the mistake of doubting Boston and not thinking that this team would probably look more like the Isaiah Thomas team than it would like the Kyrie Irving team. Yep. Just because you got everybody that's bought in. You 
the thing is, wasn't that Kyrie wanted to score all the time. Because if we remember, when Isaiah Thomas was there, he had the ball in his hand all the time. He scored. They ran sets for him. The problem is, is Isaiah Thomas would kick it out. You know what I mean? Yep. It was either he was going to score or he's going to distribute, get everybody involved. It was still by design that he was the main scorer, but he got everybody else going too with a thought process, I can get my own shot. So it's fun playing with those type of guys. Right. Bring in Kimball Walker, who just wants to win. Like he's playing a total team ball, doing whatever. He's playing like he's playing with Team USA. Yep. And it's perfect for those guys because now Jalen Brown's not just jacking up nine threes. He's actually getting them in order. This is a good team. So you're right. Marcus Smart, they're deep. The only hole I would say would be the center position because they're still struggling with that, playing Daniel Theus or Robert, Robert Williams. Williams or Ennis yep. Canner. If you could put all three of those dudes together, you probably had a perfect center. But they cannot. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? You got one for defense, one for shooting, one for shot block. You know, it's it's that's the only hole that I see with the team. But they move well as a unit. Yeah, so I, I'm impressed with Boston. Um, you know who's quietly putting together another season? Like, even if, if he wins MVP, which, I mean, he might. Shit. Is Giannis? Yeah, man, uh, it's quiet too. Yeah, it's nobody's talking quiet. about Milwaukee, and you know they've got they've got the best record in the NBA along with the Lakers. They're both seventeen and three, just plugging along. Um, and he's but, been without Chris Middleton for a large part of the season. The, he hurt that quad or something. The thing that I I noticed and what makes me not believe in Milwaukee though is I don't think this team's any good uh, outside of Giannis. I, I th- well, I don't think I shouldn't say that they're they're good. But they are not – I don't think they're contenders. And I think that they are missing Malcolm Brogdon a lot. Malcolm Brogdon has been a very good piece for Indiana. Um, now, I know he had some injury concerns with his foot, um, and that's the reason they want to pay him all that money. But if you're a team that's contending or close to contending or has a shot, man, you got to do it. You have to do it. you got to kind of go all in. Instead, they use that money to bring in Kyle Korver and – Somebody else. I mean, no, no one worth it. Yeah, but I mean, I. It's kind of tough, just because I would say that I can understand why they let Brogdon go, because even though Brogdon was good for them, they, I guess, I guess when they decided to make the decision, whatever they did to keep Eric Bledsoe, you can't keep Brogdon. So Which essentially, is fair. you're making, yeah, you're making the decision somewhere in the off season. Do I well? Do I want to go with Bledsoe or do I want to go with Brogdon? Because you can't keep both of them, pay them that type of money. Whatever they saw, they decided to go, and it very well could have been decided by a foot injury. You know what I mean? So they decided to go with Bledsoe over Brogdon. I don't know if that's the right decision because Brogdon is balling in Indiana. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that he he I didn't know he distributed the ball like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's really stepped up his passing game from when he was a rookie and playing a lot of point guard. But I, I like I like the Bucks. I don't think they're as bad as they look. The problem, the same problem they're going to have is when they run into a team that can actually give um, Giannis problems, what happens? Who's going to make a shot? Are you really depending on Wesley Matthews and uh, shit? Who else besides Chris Middleton? Oh, yeah, they brought in Wesley Matthews. That's who I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, Wesley Matthews. And yep. I mean, ain't nobody that else that you, I mean, I like the young rookie. Can't really pronounce his name. But see, now, but now you're playing Dante DiVincenzo, you know, major see, minutes. You, you're playing Sterling Brown major major minutes, minutes. and I mean? don't necessarily mind Sterling Brown, but you can't depend on him to score. You need him to legitimately be that three and D guy, and I I like White Dante, but um, I think he's gonna be good. I think I think he's, he's, gonna be I good. Think he's a bench player right now. 
I don't think I think that he could grow into a starter, but a he's only a sophomore, man. Yeah, you're I mean, really good. You really need to play him now, though, because he's he's more than a shooter. Like oh, right I agree now he's kind of just shoot. He can get his own shot off, distribute. That's kind of what they need. That's what they missed in the playoffs. Once you shut down Middleton and then you pack the lane on the Giannis, you don't really have anybody out there that you can get their own shot because you're playing underneath the screen on Bledsoe. You're gonna let Bledsoe if he goes Bledsoe hit four five three, you live with it. You yeah, congratulations. I mean? You shake his hand yeah. and say he had a good game. But he can actually shoot the ball officially and, you know, get to the hole, get people. But he's young. He got to get his confidence up. I think I think the Bucks need a piece still. Um, I still think they need a piece in order to be contenders. Uh, or t- Hard for you to get somebody to sign there. That's why you, that's why you have to develop your own talent. And I agree with you. good at that. But in the case of where where we're at and Giannis, in Giannis's career – where you're at in the East, as the the NBA is as wide open as it has been in over a decade, um, and stars like to move. Yeah, you gotta prove it to them before their contract. Come on, do you? Yeah. Leave, if you're Milwaukee, do you risk losing Giannis for nothing? Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I, you know, Milwaukee has some things to prove to me before I can really get behind them being contenders. Um, what do you think about yeah. the Lakers right now? Man, so, you know, we were really hard on the Lakers early before the season. We were shitting on them, saying they're going to be the best ever seed. Now, I will say towards the beginning of the pre- end of the preseason, I started saying I look at them, and their length gives teams real problems. That's, problem. that's, that's the first thing I noticed when I started really watching them play in the preseason. Like, you know, they still can't shoot, but they're going to give some people some real problems. That little triangle action with – you know, you got LeBron, then you got AD kind of on the short corner, and then JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard down there because the problem is Anthony Davis can actually hit that shit, and he's he dribbles just like a guard. Yep. So him and LeBron are, like, penetrating and dishing, and you can't really stop them from getting where they want to be. And their bailout is just throwing it to JaVale McGee. And Kuzma's doing, been doing a good job of hitting that outside shot. I'm just wondering, it would take a team to me, like, L.A. Clippers or the Philadelphia um, Sixers to match up with them on a regular basis. Maybe Denver, but I don't see any other team that can consistently match up with them. Maybe who? Denver. Oh. Paul Dem- Millsap, Jokic. Jokic could bring the big men out, some versatility. Not a believer in Denver. I, I Not a believer that they can match up with the Lakers consistently. Um, I think Denver's a good team. I as I, and I watch a lot of Denver games. That's another team I have not been very impressed with. And the problem that they need to figure out, and during the off season, I know we're early in the season. Jokic got to keep his fat ass in shape. It took him too long to get going. He's still not where he should be at this point of the season. You know, most guys have to play their way into it. We get it, but I don't think he's out of shape though. I think he's tired. Which, because he played, he played in the um, in the off season. Yeah, and that's another problem with the European guys. Like a lot of them, you know, the Gasols did it. A lot of these guys play basketball year round, basically. Rubio, but he was did. playing in the World Championship. Yeah, so, you know that little thing. We didn't bring, we didn't send our A people there. Yeah, so he's literally been playing like at least what 10, 12, 11 months straight. Yeah. I mean, but I, I still think that if you like, Jokic has got to be in better conditioning. Um, and the the thing that I still see with him is he doesn't he doesn't take over games like he doesn't shoot enough he doesn't 
it's like he, you know, there shouldn't be games where he takes, you know, eight shots, ten shots, scores eight he's points, the, he's ten the points. He's the big man version of LeBron early in his career. We used to complain about with LeBron, like he's too comfortable. Got to be more assertive. The ball. Oh, like sometimes, yeah, you're double team. So what? You yep. go in there and get your bucket. You, yep. You're the big man. You're the mismatch. If they switch on you, and yeah, they bring over the power forward. Yeah, it's good to kick it out to Jamal Murray and Gary Harris sometimes. But sometimes towards the end of the game, you just go up, you score, and you get the foul. And that's the one thing I don't like about him too is he's kind of soft. Yes, you want your player, your player to make the right play. But your best player, sometimes the right play is shooting in double coverage. You yeah, know? Sometimes it is. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, yeah, and he's, but they, so he's they, in a wide open Jeremy Grant in the corner. It's it's enticing. But I think <laughs> I'll take my chance. I'll take my chances with But you know what? That quietly Jeremy Grant was a very good addition for that team. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I and when you talk about length, that is a that's a perfect guy for that team. I still think they need more out of Michael Porter Jr. Um he's he's virtually given them nothing this year. Um they, their bench has not been what it was last year. Um, they they still need something consistent off the bench. At, you know, if it's Michael Porter Jr., Will, Will Barton has been a nice surprise for them this year. Uh, not not a surprise, but uh, he's been very good for them this year. I, I'd you say know all they had to do if they wanted to win. Brought in Carmelo Anthony, man. Who you holding that three spot for, man? Send him back <laughs> they to Denver. Brought- Send him back to Denver, put him with a real good center, a center that doesn't want to take all the shots, that's going to get Carmelo the shots, and he's comfortable rebounding and passing it to him. Yep. They should have thought like Portland. You put Carmelo on Denver, Carmelo would have cooked in Denver. Now, but, I'm glad you brought that up because people was on Carmelo's head. Like he was just washed. Like he, not even that he was washed. Like he was, uh, I don't know, Harvey Grant or some shit, just straight up disrespectful. <laughs> Okay, like he, like he's not one of the greatest scores that yeah. we've ever seen. Top twenty all time. Okay, dude wins everywhere he goes. I, I mean, at least you know, you know uh, what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh, like you got a little too carried away. Well, he don't win everywhere. He that's goes. true. All right, but you know, <laughs> but he couldn't have landed in a better spot. Denver would have been up there, which I think they should have done. Um, yeah. But I like him in Portland, and now that he's well, got the problem with Denver is they actually be trying to play defense and shit. Man, he ain't about style. that. <laughs> they ain't about he that. ain't about that. So, <laughs> you know, but Portland, they he does exactly what they need him to do. And now that yeah. he's put together a string of good games, you know, uh, Melo, Melo's the perfect fit for that. I mean, a mercenary that's just going to come in. I mean, he's putting up 25 and 11, 19 and 5. You know what I mean? That's exactly what you need him to do. And look at him. He's the, he's the player of the week in the Western Conference. I mean, yeah, man, it reminds me of when Willie Beeman was talking about they put him at free safety. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got me tagging these 300 pounds. Like, Melo ain't trying to be down there banging with no, no 280 pound power forward and playing defense, post defense all game. Man, he just wants to run and shoot. Yep. And that's what they do in Portland. They that's run and they shoot. And it's perfect system for them. You try to play defense, but you're going to let them go through the pick and roll, and it's up to Whiteside. Whiteside had 10 blocks. Now that's another thing I got a problem with. I got a problem with people being seven foot two and not getting a triple double because you only got eight points. You got fifteen rebounds, right, dude. ten blocks. Come on, man. Eight points. All you need to do is one layup. You're seven foot two. Get your There's shit, no man. way you should not get a triple double. <laughs> but Hassan Whiteside, like, I can't stand Hassan Whiteside, man. He lazy as hell. <laughs> Ever since he got that contract in uh uh Miami, boy, he ain't done a goddamn thing since. Uh, he made it, baby. He started eating lobster. He wasn't in that apartment no more. He started getting hanging with T. Grizzly. You know, he was a famous. 
Shit, I can't blame him, man. I can't, I can't hate on him, though. N- NBA Live kicked your rating up because of what you said. You pr- I mean, NBA 2K? Yeah. You probably got a deal off that, man. He eating, man. He all right. So, you, ever, you ever went from making like $1,500 a week to $22 million? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know that life. So, you know. Don't be too hard on the man. <laughs> um, So, we've said it here a couple times. I feel like this is the deepest and the best that the NBA has been in a long, long time. Um, so we want to introduce you guys to a new segment that we're going to roll out. We want to kind of tell you a story about how we got here, right? Because today's NBA, 2019-2020, is not the NBA of the 90s, the the, the early 2000s. I mean, it's, it's a completely different game. Um, Talk to some old-timers. They might tell you different. <laughs> yeah, and everyone doesn't agree it's for the better, um, you know. And it looks like even as we go into into twenty twenty, we might get some mid season tournaments. We might, I mean, things are going to start to really change. I mean, if we don't recognize the game now from ten years ago, imagine what it's going to be. I, I think the NBA is the is the only league, and maybe it's because it's such a young league. I mean, it's only been around for fifty five or for you know what seventy years. Um, you know, it, so it's it's still evolving, still changing, and and I'm glad we're here for it. But you know, the NBA has always been not the, not even NBA. Let me take that out. Basketball in general has always been about like the theatrics and the entertainment of it um, more than football. I would say, you know, what I'm saying ABA is where the dunk contest comes from, the three point shootout. It's always been these things like kind of I want to say like a circus, but you can do different things to get people involved. So. I, I'm really interested to see how they start to break down these things that they're introducing. Um, but yeah, man, like you said, I just think the NBA basketball in general has always been innovative by putting things and changing itself over and over again to what we see. And look at the stage of where we are, right? So people are complaining that, you know, oh, it's the same teams every year that's going to win it. You know, we can tell you who's going to be in the finals. And this year, if you put a gun in my head, I could not tell you who was going to make the NBA Finals in the East or the West. In fairness, it was about the same for like five years. It was, but you know what? And then two years before that, I think it was still, I think in the past, like most of this decade, it was either Miami, San Antonio, or Golden State, Cleveland. Right. It's like seven of the years. But I I can't remember a time when it was this wide open, though. Do you? Oh, not, I mean... It'll probably be sometime in the eight. Nah, I know what it was. Uh, Jordan left. When Jordan left. Yeah, but the Lakers kind of stepped right into that. Nah, not when Jordan left. Nah, that was Houston time. Oh, you you talking about when, when he Jordan, left the first time? You got no, you gotta, no. Yeah, uh, I'm you, talking about the first retirement. Jordan retired eight times. Okay. Yeah, yeah, my bad. So you know what I'm saying? it's the first retirement where you know you had Orlando Magic. You know what I mean? You had uh, the Rockets. Was it the Suns? Um, you had a bunch of different teams, but that Houston, it was like Jordan. New York, yeah, Jordan left the void. Jordan, oh, Miami, we might could do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You get that confidence, like man, we ain't been. He had his foot on our neck that this was the best team, and then he left. Utah still had Stockton Malone. Like everybody realistically thought, oh, we really got a chance, and nobody knew who was really gonna come out. So it added an extra layer of excitement. That following season, he comes back. You got those same teams from last year. He comes back late in the season. Then the excitement is, oh. Can they win with Jordan there? You know what I mean? That's probably the last time we had that type of excitement about who can do it. Right. I would say. 
Yeah, I mean, and I think that's fair. I'm trying to think. I mean, you, the, the only time a team didn't, you know, I mean, I would say that even when Dallas won a title, you know, in, in 2010. Yeah, that, was, that, that was supposed to be the Heat. That, it was supposed to be the, he was, it, that was supposed to be the Heat Lakers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then right before that, you had Boston and L.A. going back and battling again. Um, L.A. and San Antonio for most of the 2000s. Yeah, so, so I mean. That th- was kind of the championships. Who comes out of L.A. and San Antonio is probably going to win, win the title. And yeah. we just don't have that right now. Golden State, while I think people are forgetting about them, they'll be back. Uh, I think um, Cleveland obviously, you know, isn't isn't around. Uh, you know, they won't be for a while. Yeah, no. You won't be hearing from Cleveland, Toronto. While Toronto is having no. a great year, hey, you you need to apologize though, Toronto. That Toronto team is good. Fred Van Fleet is the truth. He is the truth. You know I mean? And you got Pascal Siakam is taking the, the leap. Bro, we I, talked I about it a little last week, but the way they're recruiting up there and stashing players, and they got some dude named Davis coming off the bench looking like Reggie Miller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They got all kinds of talent that they're is homegrown. They're doing it themselves. Hey, they're nice down there. Yeah. They play, they're just like you talked about with Boston. There's no selfishness. They play unselfish. They play defense. They're on the string. They're, they're well coached. That, that Toronto team is good. You had audacity to say they wouldn't make the playoffs. Disrespect. I, I, I was I was wrong, dead wrong on Toronto. <laughs> I I did not see. I I figured that they was gonna start slow out the gate, blow this team up at at the uh, half at, at the All Star break, and uh, that was gonna be <laughs> the All Star break. Man. Yeah, I mean that's that was what I thought. Hey, I was, was wrong. wrong about Siakam. Siakam to pull the three point out somewhere. He thought that Siakam was gonna be Giannis, Giannis or something. Yeah, Siakam can shoot threes. Dude shooting like fifty seven percent. Like. Hey, I I like what they're doing up in Toronto. I think people are really not sleeping on how that they're good because you know people have always said I think they're still good enough to contend, blah blah blah. But it's just watching how they develop their players is crazy. And you know what? And that is part of why um, we're in this golden age right now because there's so many players. I mean, think about how many players that you and I have talked about without really talking about Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, I, if you would ask me, I actually, I remember talking about this probably six, seven, eight years ago that now nah, probably a little further. Let's go back maybe 2010. How many um, how many people could you name that were certified Hall of Famers? If they broke their leg, they were never going to play again or, or that and that they would be Hall of Famers. Uh, and you could really only get to like 10 or 11 now. Yeah, you can get I to sh- 15. Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be tough because, man, that Hall of Fame. I I want them to do like a top one hundred again because that top fifty list. How many people falls off that top fifty list? A lot. A lot. <laughs> you know I mean? because, and let, let's go through that. Right, we're 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 in the golden age. You can you can easily say, you know, like Bill Walton's a top fifty player. Bill Walton's ass is off that list. Yeah, I mean that one title, and then you're basically a role player for. After you hurt your back, and and I don't want this to to seem like we're disrespecting um, the old times because that's not what we're doing. But you got to understand, man. These people that that are playing right now are some of the best that there's ever been. Now, and you can't. And, and one thing people try to do is they try to put an asterisk by oh because of the rules of this way, because it was this way, and they are doing this, and it's different. Well, if you're gonna discount them, then you can't. 
add people like George Gervin for his scoring record or Daryl Thomas for their scoring record. You know what I mean? Yep. Because there was a reason why they were scoring like that then. Then and they changed the rules to make it more defensive. So if you're going with the flows of basketball and errors, it always, the scoring always shoots up, then it balances back down. So if you're just respecting players for the stats, then you have to respect players for the stats and point blank. There's more people in the last two decades that their stats will blow like 60% of that list out the water. Yeah, I mean, you look at guys, you know, Billy Cunningham, Hal Greer, uh, shit. Sam Jones. they don't they don't even match up because they weren't even. You know what I'm saying? They that that's when that was the era where they really appreciated role players. Right. You know what I'm saying? Those cats were getting like twelve and fifteen points a game. You know they had the occasional big games, but I mean what they were ad- averaging per season, they're probably having like fifteen and four, fifteen and five. You know what I mean? Like I mean, people debate if Russell Westbrook even gets in. He's averaged a triple double three straight seasons. And you know that's I mean? the thing. I don't think he gets in to that top fifty. But you don't I, think he gets in? That's what I'm saying. So it's how? See, if you going off of stats. So they did they did the top fifty in I think like what, ninety seven, ninety eight? Yeah. And they'd already put Shaq on the list. That motherfucker only been in the league five years. Now But they knew. That still holds up. But think about it. Let's go through it. You got Tim Duncan. Hold on, hold on. So this is going to be my argument to start. Oscar Robinson made the list and has never been doubted, and he had one season averaging a triple-double. Tell me how a dude that has three of them does not get in. It's not about the. It's not really about that. It though. is. That's the only reason Oscar Robinson was in there. I, Name another Oscar reason Robinson why Oscar won a Robinson. ring. Yeah, he won a ring with Kareem. So he, got, he can say something. So, that, if, so, so is it all about rings? It's not. It's a combination of that, though. Oscar. But Russell, when 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 um Oscar Robinson went and got a ring, that was towards the end of his career. Russell Westbrook can still do that. Do you mean if Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul get a ring, it changes their legacy? That's what I had about the ring talk. I think so. It doesn't change your legacy. I, don't I think, think it so. changed Jason Kidd's legacy. What about Gary Payton? I, mm. <laughs> what about Jason Williams, White Chocolate? They both got rings. Jason Williams ain't in this conversation. Gary Payton. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I it think don't change. It don't change who you. Are. I'm just saying you ain't gonna say white chocolate should be I think, top ten because he passed cool. I think it changed Jason Kidd's legacy though. But that he was a yeah yeah. I mean, but he took down a dynasty. Like he they wasn't supposed to win that. Right. That's like that's a Hall of Fame like moment. You but know Kidd I mean? went to two finals before that. Russ has only been to one. You know he hasn't he he hasn't won a playoff game a play. He's won two playoff games in three four years five years. Bro, what I'm saying is, I'm not even arguing stats like that. What I'm saying is, what he's done right now, he's going to get in if you're looking at it. It's every, a great if you look at the, You but know he's going to get in. It, to the top 50? Yes. He averages a triple-double three trade seasons. It was two. The only two? Yeah. Okay, so then the year before that, he was like 27, he was, 10, he was and nine and a half. I'm not saying Russell <laughs> Westbrook is not a great player. Don't, don't, listen. listen. You are. You kind of are. He's not, he, he is not, I'm not saying, I'm what I'm saying is, I don't think he's top 50 in the history of the league. Oh, no, I'm just saying, it ain't. you just can't discount it like it ain't even a question. Yeah, but That's disrespectful. Also, disrespect how errors work for guys and how they work against guys. You think Russ is averaging that in the 90s when you got the, the Davis brothers down there, uh, Rodman bro, down I there? Think, I don't think Harden's hitting 60. The 80s like down the, there? You, know, I mean, they, I don't think, you think I don't he's doing think that against the bad boys think, Pistons? But I'm saying you could say that with like every starter. 
You can't just say that about Russell Westbrook. I think it's I think it's a, a better chance that Russell Westbrook does what he does in the eighties than what James Harden is doing now. The reason why I say that is Russell Westbrook is still going to be more athletic. He's still like 6'4", more athletic. He attacks and he gets the rebounds. Rebound is just effort. He is a point guard. He can pass, and he can get 10 points. So even if his triple-double was 10, 10, 14, and 14, 10, 14, and 10, I think he would have still did that. But James Harden getting is, hit every time he go to the hole, that's totally different. Some of those rebounds, man, his team went out of his way to make sure he got those triple-doubles. You know what I, I mean? Don't think, I just think his team's weak as fuck. I just think they couldn't rebound. You would see. I mean, he played with he played with Carmelo Anthony for like three years. I mean, two years. No, he didn't. He played for him for one season. Okay, that that felt like two years. But you had Stephen Adams. I mean, you you could watch those games and literally watch guys move out of the way so he can get the rebound. So I think they just know he's going in there. But that I don't know if you remember when Carmelo was there. That's pretty much what him and Carmelo got into it about. I don't I don't think like you're saying that you think the team helped him do that. I'm saying if anything. He's just rebounding because he's selfish and he's trying to get a triple double, but it's not because they're letting him do it. Because Carmelo was like, uh, they asked him something about why he wasn't rebounding, and he was like, "Well, you know, when Russ come take it from me or something." Then Russ got mad and came back and was like, "Hey, I ain't just gonna let a rebound sit there. I'm trying to get it off the rim and go." Like Carmelo is used to him letting just fall in his hands, and Russ is running there taking it so he can go. We gonna we gonna have to agree to disagree on Russ. For me, I mean, but it's an opinion. If you're trying to get the if, so when LeBron really wants to start the fast break, what does he do? He goes and rebounds the ball himself and take it. Again, I'm not saying Russ is not a great player. I don't think he's one of the 50 greatest players to ever play the game. All I say, if LeBron was averaging a triple-double before he won a championship. People were applauding LeBron before 2010 about the same type of stats that Russell Westbrook is doing, and Russell Westbrook is doing it better. What's the difference? People like LeBron, and they don't like Westbrook. If LeBron, before he won a championship, was averaging a triple-double, y'all always say, well, he ain't won no championship, but he's averaging a triple-double. It's well, just because people don't like Westbrook, man. That's a triple-double. I don't care what era. If LeBron had played with Kevin Durant before that, LeBron would have had the title. So maybe I don't know. He might have put no doubt about it. All so, I know is this: he's doing something that nobody's done in what sixty years. LeBron, Jordan, blah blah blah. Nobody's done. Look again. I'm out on. I, I'm not as impressed with Russ as you are. I he's a great player. Do I think he's one of the fifty best players ever? I don't. Is on. Hey, I think he's one of the five in most the athletic the, players in, to ever in play the history the game. of the NBA. Right in the history of the NBA. How many players have averaged triple double? Who cares? It's not about the triple double. It's just, it's just a, it is. It's about a stat. It's, it's about, about you doing double. something that nobody else has ever done in the league except for one person. That's and you've fine. done it it's, twice. For me, it's not you, about you triple double. But I'm saying you get in because of that. I don't care what area you're talking about. How Oscar successful was, did it. was what has his career been? Who? Russell Westbrook. He's been very successful individually. He ain't won shit. He's done, but he's done something nobody's ever done. You win by doing that. That's fine. I don't. <laughs> we spent too much time on Russell Westbrook. I don't think he's one of the fifty greatest players. You do, but I do. One of the things that we can agree on, like if you go back from 2010, right, or mm-hmm. since since 1997, the fifty greatest players on on that list. Since since then, we have added uh, Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, Jason Kidd, um, Kobe Bryant, okay, uh, Kevin Durant, um, LeBron James, obviously, 
Yeah. Uh, Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> you crazy, man. Can't do it. I just can't. You wild for that shit. Well, I can't do definitely it. Definitely on there. Go ahead, though. <laughs> He's on there, though. I just can't do it. I'm trying to think. Giannis um, is definitely on there, even for his before he's done. Chris Paul is probably on that Chris list. Paul, James Harden, James Harden. <laughs> you, how you, listen, these are biased. You're just being biased. Now. James Harden is on the list. <laughs> There's no I, way you're James Harden. Dwayne Wade is on the list. Yeah. James Harden is on the list. It took me a sec. I think Carmelo Anthony's on that list. Uh, yeah. Well, how are you going to say, oh, James Harden, then say Carmelo? Melo's on the list, but I'm just saying. You think Melo's one of the 50 greatest players to ever play? Man, that is tough. I don't know if he's probably, 50. I don't know, man. I have to look at that list. It's a lot of errors now, but probably. <sighs> That's tough. I don't know that he's 50. And I'm sure. I don't know. So, so what are we looking at? We're looking at winning championships. We took looking at stats because I believe. You no, it's, 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 the whole stats. Body, it's the whole body of work. It's the whole body of work. Bellow's stats may get them in, man. I mean... There's I, a lot of people that got in just for scoring. That's what I'm saying. We changed the rules when it's our era. It's probably the same thing probably happened in like 95, whenever they made this list. The same thing probably happened. You were looking at players that was in like the 80s saying it wasn't as tough now. You know what I'm saying? You probably didn't put some people in there. Did Dominique Wilkins get on that list? Yeah, he's on there. Okay. Oh, I used to but hate on him all the time. You got... um. Kawhi Leonard is on the list. Yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just saying, you you can't discredit what people are doing now because the era. Man, changed. if if you want to put Russ on there for me, I just, I don't, I don't think so. Bro, that's like me saying, if I argue right now and I'll say because we're not in that era, era, and we're not judging them as harshly as they probably were then. But Will Chamberlain, there's no question Will Chamberlain's on the list, right? Yeah, absolutely. But people that's actually watched him and have film on him. Some of them don't even believe we'll belong on the list. Some of them believe of how, that he's how the... poorly he did against Russell and all the stuff you say. Well, uh, Bill Russell won. He was a winner back then. Uh, he should have won more. He should have played better against him. Like, that's what the... But the further you get away from that shit, all we remember is he scored 100 and got, like, every record. If anybody <laughs> who says Will Chamberlain is not one of the 50 greatest players of all time needs to never talk about basketball again. I didn't. I obviously didn't even Bro, watch. They, I've play, heard people he like not say he's not fifty grade, but like really knock down how great he was. Because at the point now, once you get in, once your because I used to hear the same type type of talk, which is crazy. But how good Kobe is, it's a thing about when you're playing, people don't give you respect as you know when you get done. Like I wasn't a Kobe fan. I used to hate on Kobe, argue all the time, didn't look up all his stats. But now when somebody says, I'm like, oh, you crazy, Kobe Cole, because I'm not rooting against him. Either way, whether you like him or not. It changes once you retire and people can stop judging you from where you're playing and looking at your stats. If you look at Russell Westbrook's stats, I don't understand how you could ever deny him. If you just quit that he's an asshole, he's this, that, he did this with Kevin Durant. Like, none of that's going to matter when everyone's just sitting and looking at stats. And his stats, <laughs> his stats speak for itself. Especially like the last five years. But it's crazy. You and I have this argument all the time. Stats don't don't complete the story. They really stats don't. That's all people really remember. I no, mean, that's yes. all. That's that's in the in, in the best Charles Barkley. That's all nerds remember because there's going to be a world where people look back and think that Carl Malone was the best power forward of all time. That's, that's because you just look at the stats, and you and I who know basketball and been watching basketball, that motherfucker ain't better than Tim Duncan. 
So what do you think? So what do you think the person that saw Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell play? What do you think they their, their argument's gonna be? The same thing you just said about Carl Malone. I don't know about that. Like, he ain't no he ain't no damn Bill Russell. Bill Russell got like nine titles. Right, but that's, people that's, that's, that's who watched uh, Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain play probably can say, yeah, they were great, fantastic, but they weren't Kareem or they weren't Michael Jordan. Now there's I don't, I don't, know, I don't know that they saying that. Shit. You know what I mean? Well, there's a lot of people who who think that you know they still think Michael Jordan is the best player of all time, even who saw Wilt and Bill Russell play. Yeah, you I, mean, know. I can see that. But know. but my argument is when you look back at stats again, I, the reason that I wanted to do this series and the reason that you know I I really want this us to focus on how we got to this point was because I don't want there to be stats where somebody's like, oh yeah, Russell Westbrook had to be the greatest point guard of all time. Look at the stats. I feel like that's gonna be the that's the, that's my kind of my. But point. it can't be I think though that's because what's gonna happen. Magic Johnson transformed the NBA. Has five rings. Has the most triple double. Whatever stats you want to, the all the important ones. Magic is better than Russell Westbrook. But but I'm saying that I agree with you. I just don't think everybody does. Right. The reason why I'm saying I agree is because I mean we look at I judge that. That's my whole argument about Will. You know what I mean? Like, I think Will's great. He got 100 out of score records. But I'd probably take Bill Russell just because sometimes he would quit on you. Sometimes he wouldn't play right. hard. And he was the most dominant player. Right. You know what I mean? So, but when you look at stats, everybody be like, oh, Will Chamberlain's the man. You don't think of all those, you know, holes in his game. And I think it's going to be the same with Russell Westbrook. I think when you go back and you look at the stats, I think people are going to really appreciate, like, like when you look and you see the dude average a triple-double two season and you look at his overall stats – I think it's going to be undeniable as time continues to go by. And people just look back and be like, damn, this dude was a bad motherfucker. I mean, yeah, people are going to say that already. But again, like the whole reason I wanted to do this series is because, like I said, I don't want people thinking that Russell Westbrook was the greatest point guard of all time. Even I, even if he wins one title, I don't think that's going to be the case. Do I think he's one of the five best point guards of all time? Probably. Probably. I don't know who you kick out of that top five for him. But he's up there. Would you say he's better than Chris Paul? Yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't. I mean, I kind of would. You can't. I don't feel like you can knock Russell Westbrook for not being out the first round without. It's Kevin not about Durant. that. Chris Paul ain't necessarily a winner. Would you say he's better than Jason Kidd? I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, he played in a. He. I mean, we knock him. But then you look in the competition that he played against. So we're going to apply Jason Kidd for getting to the finals for two years in a watered-down Western Conference when Russell Eastern Westbrook probably – I mean, Eastern Conference. When Russell Westbrook probably played in the height of the Western Conference. When we were talking about how good the West was, Russell Westbrook was playing. That was the San Antonio team, the Dallas team, you know what I'm saying, the Lakers. When Kobe, Man, look, at, like, at some he's point, played though, against some look, good competition. The stats are great. But my point is, and we'll, we'll move off Russell Westbrook because, like I said, we, we've been on this too long. My point is the whole package, at some point, winning matters. Or else you were just Carl Malone. You were just Trace McGrady. You were just guys who, There's I mean, Trace McGrady. don't win, though. <laughs> yeah, T-Mac couldn't get out. I mean, Carl Malone's not fair because he went to the finals three times. But Tra- Trace McGrady, probably one of the greatest players. But Charles Barkley, one of your favorite players. Charles Barkley went to the finals. Dragged okay. the team to the finals. I don't know about drag. Come yeah, on, Kevin man. Johnson. What they yeah, do before Richard he Dumas. got there? I mean, what did he do before he got there? Yeah, but Philadelphia was a complete <laughs> mess. Oh, man. Listen, 
that was a good team he was on. He didn't drag them like they had. Some they weren't. Bombs. They were barely in the playoffs before he got there, and they went to I the finals. I mean, final you had a good there. team, so okay, you had Kevin Johnson to the Philadelphia team. They probably go to the finals. I mean, you make your team I better. You add an All Star to a halfway good team. I mean, Clippers just got, got Kawhi. Now they're the fucking and Paul George. I yeah. mean, the Clippers were in the playoffs last year. Isn't that the same thing? AC barely crawled in. Man, we get distracted. Go ahead. Either way. All I'm saying is it's when it comes down to the top 50 players of all time, it's more than just about the stats. At some point, winning matters. There's a reason T-Mac ain't one of the best 50 players of all time. He couldn't get out of the fucking first round. As great, now, he's one of the best scorers I've ever seen, has the potential to be one of the best players of all time, and is one of the best players of his generation. But he ain't top 50. But if people go back and look at the stats, they're going to be like, man, T-Mac was the baddest dude walking. And he was. Yeah. I mean, I definitely. I definitely agree. You have to have some type of balance between are you going to do stats? Are you going to do how much they won? Like, there's no criteria. My thing is that the criteria changes with players based on how much we like them because the criteria changes. But if if you ask your, your cat, your average fan, right, if you ask people right now who maybe are not the basketball fans that we are, who's better, who's had a better career, who would they rather have, James Harden, Dwayne Wade? I bet 90% of them say uh, James Harden. There's no way in hell he's better than Dwayne Wade. Just like you say, who would you rather have, John Stockton or Russell Westbrook? <laughs> what do you John think Stockton. He they're they're going to say Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, every time. I mean, so that's why, that's why, like I said, triple-double is impressive. Russell Westbrook is a great player, but I do not want to get lost in the fact that, you know, the whole package, when you talk about the top 50, matters. It just does. So we so, don't want the past to get lost. So part of the, what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is we're going to start a series and we're going to start you off with what happened after Jordan left. Because that's the real gap. That's where basketball started to change. I mean, you know, we've had a lot of changes in the NBA from back where we were talking about with the George Gervin and the heavy scoring to the 80s coming in with Magic Johnson and uh, Larry Bird. They changed it to Jordan era. After the Jordan era, there was a void. It was supposed to be the Kobe era. You know what I mean? Kobe was supposed to take mm-hmm. over. But there was a lot of changes that got us from 1998 all the way up till 2019. So we want yep. to kind of go through what happened in each era. How did we get from Jordan leaving the NBA to where we are now? From you know one of the greatest players to ever play to now we believe one of the greatest collections of talent at one time in the NBA where your role player could have averaged 30 back in the seventies or the eighties, yep. you know, though yep. Jonathan Isaac in the nineties, he would be deadly, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The thought of that is scary. Actually, <laughs> you can actually be physical. <laughs> can you imagine what Kevin Durant would do in there? How they would stare at him in the eighties? Like, Man. what the fuck is this dude? And he get a mid range fade yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's that, pretty much what Patrick Ewan was, wasn't it? An unathletic uh, version of that. He yeah. could hit that 17-footer, but had post moves. Yep. I mean, a, a 17-footer back in the 90s was like a kill shot. <laughs> yeah. you know. I think Duckworth had, Kevin Duckworth had value because he could knock down a 15-footer. Shit. Uh, Bill Cummington, or what, not Cummington. Uh, who was it? Talking about Bill Cartwright. Bill. Oh Bill, oh, Bill Cartwright had one yeah. of the ugliest now, shots. If you could knock down a, a 12 to 15 footer, boy, you was keeping a job. <laughs> so, like like we talked about, guys, this is what we want to get into. Um, we want to we show you how much the NBA has changed. I still hear that, uh, you know, I still hear that 
thing that all oh, the NBA product sucks and uh, there's not enough good teams, not enough good play, which is just simply untrue. Or, or guys don't play defense anymore, and that's just simply not the case. And the the whole point of us starting this series is just to show you, like, you know, basketball is not the same that it was 10 years ago. Certainly not what it was 20 years ago. Um, and you know, we're actually in a really, really good spot for the NBA. Um, and so we'll take a few episodes to lay it all out for you and kind of show you. And you're going to hear some of these arguments about, you know, these players' places in history. Because if you haven't been, if you've been listening to us to, for a while, you know that Beatty and I don't agree on shit when it comes to basketball. <laughs> so um, stick around, man. Buckle up. It's going to be fun. Uh, we, we've, we've got a lot of information to share and we've got a lot of stories to tell. So, um, again, stay tuned. Yeah, man. So we're getting to some of those episodes um, next week. The first episode will specifically be talking about the gap after Jordan left. You know, Jordan left. Then not only did Jordan leave, but that next season you had a strike, which kind of really changed the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Because San Antonio launched a dynasty. Yeah, uh, David. David, uh, David Robinson, David Robinson, what he broke his foot or something? Yeah, well, he, he, they, they kind of tanked to get Tim Duncan. uh, I mean, definitely in '97, they ended up with Tim Duncan. Yeah, once they put that together, that was a start. If they, if because the Spurs was actually a decent team, they weren't a garbage dwelling team. I mean, I think they they still had Sean Elliott, right? Or did they? Yeah, they they had one bad year, but (laughs) before that, they I wouldn't say they were title contenders, but they were playoff team year in and year out with Dave Robinson, Sean Elliott, uh, Avery Johnson. Um, You know that list goes on and on. Yeah. So and then them being able to get a generational, arguably the best power forward in history, and have your own twin tower. So that's the type of stuff we're going to start off talking with, talking about leading into the the Shaq Kobe dynasty, but there was a lot of interesting things happening before Shaq and Kobe got their shit together. Yep. So that's where we're at guys. Um, we'll, we'll holler at y'all next week. Stay tuned for another episode of two smart dummies podcast. And if you guys need something else to listen to, we've got the finance doctor that just released a new episode, new episode that's coming next week. Teach you how to manage your money mindset, millionaire, millionaire mindset. I should say um, a lot of good things coming from this channel. We still have a, um, uh, a website coming um so we're working a lot of th- things to get some content to you yeah the website should be here next week um, we'll have some different interesting content on there some blogs some different thoughts uh, we might even have our list a top 10 list where we think players you hear us talking about all the time give you visual where we think our top 50 list is may start spark some debate we're always willing to take questions um, I can get email because we'll have new emails next week. So we'll wait till then. But you can always check us out on Instagram, um, Facebook. You can search on Facebook, Bobby Reed or Too Smart Network. Um, we're on YouTube. This episode won't be YouTube, but the next episodes will be. Always search Too Smart Network. Pretty much everything you search Too Smart Network and you'll get all our content. So that's it. That's all. Y'all have a great weekend. Peace. Peace.